Big Red Bench. Come on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this sunny Saturday. And uh, coming up on the show, it's absolutely jam-packed. We have all the reaction from Cork's defeat to Kerry at Porky Cueve in the All-Ireland Football Championship. We're going to hear from Jeremy McCarthy, who was our man there. John Cleary, uh, his thoughts on the game. Jack O'Connor and uh, Kerry player Paul Murphy as well. We have reaction to last night's minor Munster final, where Cork came up short against Kerry also in Tralee. Uh, we're going to hear from both managers. There we've built up to tomorrow's under 20 All Ireland hurling final Cork versus Offaly and Thurless. And we're going to hear from Richie Holland on Cork City's victory last night. And Sarah McKenzie joins us to look back on today's qualifying session and tomorrow's Spanish Grand Prix. That's all coming up between here and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench with Sure Advanced 72-hour protection. Proud sponsors of the GAA. My name is Aidan Leahy, here with you until 7 o'clock on The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. As I said, it's absolutely packed. We're going to hear, first of all, from Tommy Rooney with a full-time report as Kerry have just about beaten Cork today at Parky Cueve. Full time here in Parky Cueve and Kerry have survived a monumental scare against Cork, winning by two points on a scoreline of 114 to Cork's 15 points. Kerry went in at half time, four points ahead, but apart from David Clifford, who scored 1 3 after the break, they were a shadow of themselves in the second half. Cork had played okay in the first half, but their attack wasn't functioning well. That changed immediately after the break, and within a minute, Hurley and O'Hanlon had the gap down to two. Cork had actually kicked four of the first five scores at a half before the key moment arrived in the 45th minute. Sean Powder was black-carded for taking down Paul Ganey as he bore down on goal. It was outside the area, but referee David Goff awarded a penalty as it denied a goal-scoring opportunity inside 21 metres. Clifford scored. Stephen Sherlock and Owen McSweeney were sent on by John Cleary, and they each kicked a pair of brilliant points from play as Cork pushed Kerry all the way. The Cork players were applauded off the field by their home support at the end of the game as Kerry breathed a sigh of relief and got their first win. Kerry go on to face Loud in two weeks' time while Cork take on Mayo. Both games will be at a neutral venue. Final score here in Parque Cueve, Kerry 114, Cork 15 points. Yeah, and we're going to get all the reaction in the next couple of minutes. But first of all, we'll uh, take a look at uh, all the other goings on elsewhere. Of course, Manchester City have won the FA Cup. Two stunning goals from Ilkay Gundogan sealed at 2-1 victory over Manchester United at Wembley City. Now uh, looking at rounding off the treble next Saturday in the Champions League final against Inter Milan. Barcelona came from 2-0 down to beat Wolfsburg three goals to two in the Women's Champions League final in Eindhoven and it's scoreless between Celtic and Inverness in the Scottish Cup final at Hamden. And Postachoglu's side looking to seal a domestic treble this evening. Will it be his last game in charge of Celtic? Will Spurs come knocking? Uh, Ireland have been defeated by England in the cricket by 10 wickets on day three of their one-off test at Lords. The visitors successfully clawed back a 255-run deficit this morning, but were bowled out for 362 leaving England in need of just 11 runs to win. Um, in Gaelic games, there are other games going on as well in the All-Ireland Football Championship. Uh, Dublin leading Kildare 13 points to 8. The second half has just got underway there. Uh, likewise, 
in the game between Westmeath and Galway. Westmeath leading Galway again. They did this last week, didn't they? Westmeath started off well and just tailed off towards the end. But uh, Galway behind at the moment, the All-Ireland finalists. At 7pm, it's Tyrone versus Armagh. Um, in what will probably be a really cagey affair you'd imagine as well uh, results in the Telchin Cup Meath defeating down 111-19 to to Brary uh, it was the curtain raiser actually in Parky Creek to Brary getting the better or it was a dr- yeah, just about getting the better of Waterford 17 points to 113 Cavan defeated Offaly 325-29 to and Leash and London played out a draw 117-214 uh, to Cork are in action in the Camogie All-Ireland and they lead by a point 39 minutes gone it's Cork 10 points Galway 9 in the Camogie uh, All-Ireland Championship of course day 1 of that elsewhere Waterford leading Offaly 219 to 6 Kilkenny oh that is uh Sorry, that's an old, an old result. Um, but uh, oh, sorry, yes, uh, the intermediates um, were defeated by Kilkenny, ten points to one seven. Oh, it's ongoing actually. That threw in at five o'clock as well. Uh, all right, let's get into the action at Parky Cueve. Um, yeah, it was uh, a close one, to be fair. Cork putting it up to Kerry and a very strange call, it has to be said, on that penalty. We're going to hear John Cleary's thoughts on it now. John, can we start with the 46th minute? What was your reading of um, that penalty call? To tell you the truth, I, could, I just saw Sean Powder and, and, and Paul Ganey coming together. I, I, I couldn't make a decision on it, but I watched it inside now last, you know, two minutes ago. And how does the penalty is is beyond me? If there's a goal stop opportunity, then O'Mahony is straight behind him. And uh, Powder came out. The two of them came together, and I think a free at most, uh, but a black card on top of that. You know, if they're going to be penalties for that, uh, to me, watch it back. You can see yourselves, man inside, coming along nearly practically along the end line. Very harsh decision. Was that communicated to Sean or did any of the players say about you that that's why it was given it was a goal scoring opportunity? Yes. Hey, you're not even it was a free, John. I it might it might I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I, it could have been a free. I I'm not I'm not yeah, possibly a free. Probably a free. You don't think it was it was a goal scoring opportunity? No. It was a turning point key moment in the game. Yes, it wasn't. Look at it yourselves. Man behind him. They're going to be given penalties all day long if, if this, they, you know, if, they, if this is what it's. So just to clarify, John, your your gripe is not like the fact that whether it was in the square, your is whether it was actually a penalty, whether it was a foul. Well, it, it probably, but there was it, it wasn't to me it was a goal scoring opportunity. I looked yeah. at it in the video. I couldn't see it properly, but when I looked at it in the video myself, um, it it's more than harsh it, it was outside the square you know what I mean there's no definitely point. outside the square yeah. Yeah. yes yeah. And, and yeah there's no there's no question about that timing as well John because you started so well in the second half and scored them 4-1 to one and then back to a point and yeah. all of a sudden you're 4 down and you're man down for 10 minutes yeah yeah. I suppose look I suppose any timing against the top team like Kerry that you get a decision like that against you and it's a game that look that was that was turning out to be so tight. It's it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be crucial, and it was crucial probably. And uh, it it you know it gave us a hill to climb. We had a bit of a hill to climb at halftime, and then that gave us another hill to climb afterwards. And and um, I, look, I suppose it was the turning point in the game, right there. Yeah. Jetty came back, and, and in the end, just was you were pressing. Like there was something in it at the end. So yeah, no, there was a nice breeze there. In fairness. 
and and uh, like even at half time we weren't uh, overly we, we said we if we were patient that we, we we could get back into this game and we got two points after half time which straight away which gave us a great um, lift and in fairness it was nip and tuck there but not coming down the straight even after the pin they like Kerry showed great composure or whatever and a couple of times there we, we, we broke up but uh, the field but um you know they they overturned us and and look they got some very good scores there at the end to um, to get them over the line and, and they showed all their experience and composure. Do you think you maybe lacked a bit of composure yourself, John? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, we we missed too many scores. I think we had five or six wides in the second half. Kerry had one, um, and had we won into the goalie's hands. So look, I suppose that's the difference there. They're a top top team, and and we're trying to get there. Uh, but it was an opportunity today that we had, and, and unfortunately we didn't we didn't take it. And, and, and look, take the penalty out of it. We had chances enough ourselves to to um, to get over the line, and, and unfortunately we didn't today. You sustained your performance, John. Let's say like fifteen past twelve months ago, we did score each twelve one in the last quarter. Yeah. 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 Keep going for a bit harder than all the way through this time. Yeah. Look, um, I suppose. Last year we we were probably in a much better position. This year, like uh, we had a good winter's work under underneath ourselves, and and uh, we had uh, I think we had a stronger panel this year. And um, so look, yeah, we were able to go toe to toe for the full seventy today. I thought, and that that was a name at the start of the year. Whatever else happened, that you know the games last year against. Kerry and, and, and Dublin we petered out completely the last 20 minutes and this year we're not doing that in games There was more of a rel- I would say John would it be fair to say there was more of a reluctance to take on a shot in the first half you seemed to be more willing to actually shoot in the second half is that a win thing or is that a confidence? Yes I, I would think it was a win thing really you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, and uh, now we did miss two or three you know the time we broke away Chris Oak had the chance Colin O'Callaghan another one maybe and in fairness we were against the wind we were defending deep whereas we weren't able to get the ball up as quick against the wind and and there was I couldn't believe when I went out before the game that the you know the wind was so strong and I think it was definitely a, a three or four point wind as as it turned out you know yeah definitely the impact, John, of uh, Owen McSweeney and Stephen Sherlock down the stretch there, two points each. And you must be pleased with that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, you know, they're, they're, they're good lads. You know, both of them started the uh, games, you know, throughout the year there. Both of them started against Clare. And I suppose, look, in any game now, you need to have impact off the bench. And, and look, that's what we're trying to build, that guys that can come on there and get scores. And in fairness to the two lads, that they, they did look lively and they did get their scores when they came on, you know? Just thoughts on playing Mayo, John. So Wednesday, I'll be due tomorrow. But, but obviously, it's another Division one team you're playing. The League Champions, obviously, just how, how do you feel about Playing them in the last, in the last game. Yeah, so look, it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be a big uh, a big battle today, like yeah, like today. Uh, again, if we if we don't take our opportunities and take our scores against the better teams, uh, it'll come it'll come back to bite you, you know. And and even the league there, we weren't as as prolific in scoring as we could have been. But at least we're creating the chances, and hopefully someday now that you know it'll all come together. And and you know if this which it will probably need to be against one of the big teams because the big thing we see there about playing the top teams is that when you get your opportunities you have to take them or else because 
they'll go down the other side and they will take their opportunities like Kerry did today scored some fantastic points there in the second half when when when, it, when, when the pressure was on them yeah um Sean Meehan is old and yes and and uh, he's he's out for the week if the week after as well and uh, Tommy and Corbett will be Conor Corbett will be fighting to be hopefully that they have a chance of being ready for two weeks time yes Thanks, All right, Jeremy McCarthy is on the line now from Parky Cueve, where Cork have narrowly missed out on a result against Kerry, one fourteen to fifteen points, the final score. Kerry's stuttering over the line, and we'll get to the we'll get to the big uh, incident, I suppose, in just a second. But um, overall, Cork made life very difficult for Kerry there. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, Aidan. I think especially considering the first half, Cork finished with only four points from open play um, and it wasn't looking good, particularly good at halftime, but they roared back into it in the third quarter. Penalty and black card aside, they were still in the game and coming up towards the end, they had a late chance there to snatch a goal. But um, as John Cleary has just told us here in the press corps, um, one of the things, the positives he took from it is that unlike last year when Cork faded in their matches against Kerry and against Dublin, they played for the full 70 today. They played for the full 70 against Louth and their performances have been have increased you know, dramatically, I think, since last year. In fairness to them, though, we didn't get the result, or Cork didn't get the result they were looking for, but there were still quite a lot of positives to take from it, I suppose. Another factor that people might not have known from listening, um, you know, to our updates and even those watching on GA Go, it was a very, very hot day. It still is a very hot day, but there was a big wind and Kerry had it in the first half and Cork had it in the second half and both managers alluded to it in their post-match uh, comments as well which was interesting and Cork might have been a bit edgy about kicking into it in the first half and, and, and same for Kerry in the second but look Kerry know how to win these tight games they've all the experience down through the years they have I think the probably the more clinical forwards in Clifford and certainly Sean O'Shea today as well um, and they just about deserved it uh, but it was a good performance from Cork and, and a really tough hard performance and in their own words I think it's uh, an opportunity lost Yeah and I suppose let's get to the big the big incident in the game 46 <laughs> minutes in um, like I so okay I didn't know this rule <laughs> had been brought into Gaelic football to be quite honest with you Jar. Um, like I was obviously the penalty has not been given because Paul Ganey was inside the box it was given mm-hmm. because of a denial of a goal scoring opportunity so this rule is basically the rule that was brought into hurling a couple of years ago wasn't it um, yes and there was a pretty dodgy one given towards uh, Tipperary was it against Clare a couple of years ago Um so I think first of all it's a foul and it's definitely a black card. I I think John Cleary was very he was very angry, wasn't he, about it? Pretty much uh, mm. as we've just heard from him there. I I think it is a foul and it's a black card. I don't think anybody can deny that. Uh, then I suppose it is totally up to referee's discretion then as to what he does, either giving a free or uh, giving a penalty because he's he, Sean Potter has has denied a goal scoring opportunity. And therein lies the, the, the question, Mark Aiden. Yes, it was a foul. Yes, it was a black card, in my opinion. Um, but was it a clear goal-scoring opportunity when there was two defenders inside Sean Potter? Had Ganey gotten around him? We don't know. And neither does the referee. Um, I was watching it very carefully. I think David Goff motioned initially to give 
a free, but it was his two umpires who brought it to his attention that maybe I'm, I could be, I'm up to correction on that. But there was a lot of confusion in the ground, and it's interesting that you said that I've never seen that incident in Gaelic football at club or inter county, so it's my first time seeing it a penalty being given for a goal scoring opportunity. And had it happened 10 yards further up to the left or to the right, it would have been the same scenario. It doesn't matter if it's a goal scoring opportunity and you're on the 45 and you're going through and there's nobody between you and the goal. It's a penalty, and that's the rule that I wasn't aware of in football and hadn't seen. Jack O'Connor hadn't seen it, and John Cleary certainly was very upset with it. Look, it boils down to this. The ref thought it was a goal-scoring opportunity, gave the penalty. Cork, having roared back into it with four points in a row, um, were down to 14, and Kerry took that time to build a lead that they would give up. So in that regard, it did turn the game in Kerry's favour. In my opinion, I wasn't 100% sure. So if you're not 100% sure as a referee, I don't see how you can give it. Um, but having consulted his umpires, he gave it. But I don't think Goff had a good outing, and that's not just being mean about not getting the penalty now. I'm being honest here. I don't think he had a good outing today. There was a lot of decisions that I think did not go Cork's way. Yellow cards that could have been dished out against some of the heavy carried uh, tackling. Likewise for some of the Cork tackling, to be fair, to give it balance. I don't think he had a good day, and I think this is going to be analysed and talked about far more than the actual game and the result itself which is disappointing from a Kerry point of view because they got over the line they came to Cork they got the win they continue to dominate Cork and that's what they wanted to do at the outset from Cork's point of view even though they played very well played for the full 70-75 minutes they will feel aggrieved that there was an opportunity lost but in John Cleary's own words a penalty aside Aidan and this is important they missed enough chances and kicked enough efforts short and wide that they should have been a lot closer at the end so they really only had themselves to blame um, that penalty decision decide. but if I'm being honest I didn't think it was a clear goal scoring opportunity because there was a couple of defenders inside Potter but that's just my opinion and the only one that matters unfortunately from Cork's point of view is the referees We had the exact same um, incident in the minor game last night in Tralee where Mm. the Cork fullback pulled down a carry player going straight through and goal in the dying seconds of the game now and uh, a yellow card was given and a free was given and that was a way more of a clear goal scoring opportunity so the referee that that rule certainly didn't cross the referee's mind last night uh, to give that now different circumstances and all that maybe dying into the game who knows Mm. but uh, yeah it's certainly it's a first definitely Um, so let's see what what happens going forward now and um, uh, apparently these referees meet once a week now don't they and kind of debrief with each other and um, I, I'd, I'd love to see so the, I'd love to see the notes because, yeah I'd love to see yeah, the notes because you're, you're right this is going this is going to um, dominate the headlines more so than the game which is disappointing because it was it was a very stop start game but it was exciting in the second half it was end to end towards the end there and look Cork went for broke near the end hopping high balls in, and Stephen Sherlock broke through at one stage but I think the key thing from Kerry's point of view Aidan um, I think they deserved it and the other thing is Jack O'Connor spoke about it they gave up so many goal chances to Mayo they only gave up one real clear chance to Stephen Sherlock in the second half today yeah. for Cork and he cut in from the end line that was huge and I thought they defended really really well and I thought in the first half they turned over Cork numerous times and he mentioned that as well and I think Kerry's defence had to improve after the Mayo performance and it certainly has and they have a lot that they can take into the load game I think in terms of positives but so can Cork in um, you know they really did play particularly I thought they played well they just wayward shooting on occasions and just not taking the right option but I think they learned from it and as 
John Cleary said, they're still trying to get up to that level where Kerry and Dublin and, you know, the Torons are. And I think today was another step in the right direction, even though it'd be very disappointing to lose to Kerry again. I think Cork supporters should remember that they're on, you know, it, it's, it's going to take time, but they're certainly on the right track. And there was an awful lot of positivity. Sean Potter, once again, playing superbly. Um, I thought Colm O'Callaghan midfield played very well. I thought Brian Hurley showed well for the ball. Didn't get a lot of ball, but worked hard. And I think there's just so much, so many positives that we won't be focused on, but should be heading into now what is a, an absolute must win against Mayo. Yeah, and just to finish on Brian Hurley, like six points today. The guy is, uh, he's he is irreplaceable at the moment for Cork anyway. And any time that Cork play without him, they aren't half the team mm. as what they are with him. Obviously, look, he's not going to be around, around forever. Like, um, not to say that he's, you know, on on retirement store uh, at this year or anything. But you know, he he's he's well into the autumn of his career. Let's say he's so yeah. good. Like the guy is so good. Like he starts for every team in in the country, as far as I'm concerned. He starts for Kerry anyway. Um, I think yeah. probably starts for Dublin too. You know, that's how good he is. And uh, you know, you really have to appreciate him in a Cork jersey so long as he's out there. Yes, and I think one of the things that Brian's skill is never in question in terms of his shooting and his ability to win dirty possession and he goes long spells of the game without the ball much like Clifford did now today and, to, and good players always find a way and find, make their own space but what Brian has become as a leader and he's become a captain and he's become a real rock for the younger players in the team and it's great to see him he's been dogged by so many injuries down through the years he just never talks about it he just gets on with it and I was delighted today to see him show up so well because he was well well was closely marked all the way through by, by the Kerry defenders and one other thing there's, there's a couple of you know uh, Sherlock coming off the bench I'm a Stephen Sherlock fan anyone that reads what I write knows what I think about the Bars pair I think he should be starting but he certainly made an impact as did Owen McSweeney today and the good thing from John Cleary's point of view he's going to need more of an impact off the bench as time goes on all the best teams the Currys the Dublins the Tyrones the Armas they've got game changers coming on late in the game that can make a difference and Cork need to add that to their artillery and it was good today to see such a positive impact off the bench not the result Cork wanted um, you know and I think the penalty or no penalty is going to unfortunately overshadow a lot of the good things that we saw today but I see progress I see progress under John Cleary I see progress with this Cork team it's, it's you know it takes time to do to get up to the top and to even be competitive there but I think Cork uh, when you hear Jack O'Connor being glad to get out with a win he didn't care how they did it I think that's a, a big step in the right direction and hopefully hopefully there's more to come from this Cork team Absolutely yeah yes, a decent old game um, and actually I suppose like Cork are pretty much now just relying on Mayo and Kerry to take care of business against Louth because you know sh- should Louth not win a game Cork will go through in third so like that victory against uh, Louth last week was obviously huge um, so yeah Cork pretty much obviously they'll want to get a result against Mayo and I actually fancy them to get a result against Mayo as well but you know they're, they're in a position now where they're just hoping that Mayo and Kerry take care of business yeah, I mean that's it. That's the that's the way it works with the group stages. But you know, there's always at least one unexpected result at this stage. It may not be in Cork's group, but you'll find it could be in one of the other groups. Who knows? Um, I think more than anything, uh, Aidan, what Cork need to do is repeat a full 70-minute performance against Mayo. They just have to put it in for 70 minutes and see where that takes them, and the consistency and the the. The rise and I think the levels as well, the improvements are there for all to see for people who watch them regularly. And that's the big bonus for me today that they didn't take a backward step to carry. Things weren't going their way. They kept trying to do the things. You know, they learned from some of the mistakes, I think, at half time. I mean, they only kicked, as we said, five points, four from play, but then 
we have to put the wind in as a factor there as well. But if they can be competitive against Mayo going to that final game, and I think they should treat it as a, look a must-win game no matter what happens tomorrow between Mayo uh, and Louth, whatever happens in, in the final game between Kerry and Louth. Cork just need to look after control, control, but look after their own business. And I think if they can pull off another very, very good performance, they know now at this stage, they will know before they go up to Mayo pretty much whether they're going to be playing in the preliminary quarterfinal or not. It looks like they might be, but we don't know for certain yet. We would be respectful to Mickey Hart and to Louth. But if they can put in another performance, if the players can keep building and build on the confidence and the momentum, you know, they had seven weeks, there was a long break from the once, you know, from the Munster Championship to when they played Louth and they needed that and it certainly stood to them. And I think it stood to them again today. I think I think this is as good as I've seen Cork play against Kerry in a long time. Um, not the result we wanted, no, but I think a similar performance and a similar effort and a similar scoreline hopefully and we might just rattle Mayo in that final game but irrespective of the result in that final group game against Mayo they've got to get ready for hopefully a preliminary quarter final where they will go in there Aiden with absolutely nothing to lose yeah. and that's the kind of thing Cork like as long as they play at pace as long as they play up the wings do the right things and choose the right moments to take their shots this Cork team could pull off at least one upset before the year is out and that's really what the big hope is Absolutely. Just before I let you go, I'm not sure if there were, if if you managed to grab an attendance today. But what way was the crowd? Mm. Was it uh, was it a bit? A lot of people were expecting a disappointing crowd. It was over just over fourteen thousand, which I think is is very very good considering it's a June Bank holiday, considering the good weather, um, and the you know the two uh, the two terraces were closed. There was a good atmosphere certainly in the second half, and the crowd really did get behind Cork, which is fantastic. And they were anticipating between twelve and fifteen, and they got that. And I think that's about as much as you can hope for at the moment with the Cork senior footballers. You know, had it been knockout, had there been more on the line, I think you definitely would have had a bigger crowd. But considering the two terraces were closed, we had a good crowd, 14,000, great pitch, fantastic condition. You know, you, you forget all the time about this pitch, but the, the Parky Creek pitch is one of the best in the country, if not the best. And it's certainly helping Cork because they were able to, you know, take the atmosphere, take the crowd, getting behind them certainly in the second half and have a right good crack off Kerry. Didn't work out in the end, but look, much like Manchester United at Wembley, what can you do, Aidan? <laughs> exactly, exactly, okay get into that Parky Cueve of course uh, not good enough for some people to, to the west of us or to the north northwest of us as, as we sit here in Bishopstown but uh, anyway another argument for another day for, for the people of Clare but uh, yeah John McCarthy thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench and uh, all the work today as well no bother in talk to you soon yeah, John McCarthy there after uh, the game at Parky Quay. Just want to bring you up to date with the Christie Ring final. This is some comeback for Derry. They're now within three points of Meath. It was 120 to 10 points after 43 minutes. And about 20 minutes later, Sean Cassidy received a second yellow and a red card for Derry. And uh, they've managed to kick on now and they've put it over this two point game now, Derry. 120. Meath one twenty two in the Christering final. Obviously with the Lowry Maher earlier, Monaghan winning that three twenty two to three twenty against Lancashire. Um would have been nice to see a, a winner like that, wouldn't it? Uh, in the Nicky Rackard final. Wicklow beat Donegal one twenty to three twelve and um just for the football scores as well, it's Dublin nineteen points to Kildare's twelve after sixty five minutes. By the way, they couldn't sell out Parnell Park. So I mean like this stuff about Croke Park and it always having to be on a Croke Park. They didn't sell out Parnell Park today. Uh so or is it on Park? Well, maybe it's not on, it's on Nolan Park, apologies. Uh but still they didn't even sell out Nolan Park. So, you know, I, I just don't understand this snobbery about, about Parnell Park. Um, but uh, anyway, I'll calm down now because <laughs> I didn't read that properly. Uh, Galway have managed to turn the tide against Westmeath. 
17 points to 12 after 64 minutes alright let's hear from Jack O'Connor now we're not going to have time to play Paul Murphy's uh, audio but I will throw it into the podcast which will go up after the show not all managers a, the, the result is primary but the possession or the performance is also critical how would you rate Kerry's performance today? Uh, how would I rate it? We mixed, I suppose we mixed the good with the bad with the average you know uh, I thought we were decent in the first half. We probably, when we're looking at the, the scoreboard at one stage, was 8-4, and I felt at the time it should have been 10-4. You know, we, 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 we turned over a couple of balls that, 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 that were very promising from, from quick breaks. Uh, but happy enough going into half-time, we were four up. And the, the, the breeze was quite significant, so we knew that the cock would, would probably be able to kick from further out, which they did. And uh, they kicked four points in the first seven minutes of the second half. So then we were in a right, a right battle. And uh, from the point of view of, of digging in and showing a bit of battle and a bit of resilience, you'd have to give all for his credit in the second half. But um, are you saying I'd be very happy with the overall performance? Bit of work, bit of work to do yet. Jack, I suppose, obviously, you got a few scores there and she didn't get against Mayo and it looked kind of promising at halftime but I suppose until the penalty was awarded there probably was a bit nervous start to the second half Well Cork like Cork were bound to come strong at some stage and they came strong right at the start of the second half I mean four points in seven minutes they had kicked five in 37 minutes in the first half so I think there was a tail there you know Cork came very strong in that period so um I presume the penalty. I'm not even sure what what stage it came at. What what minute did it come at? Forty-seven. Forty. Forty. Which? Forty-six. Forty-seven. Forty-six minutes. Uh, Eleven minutes in the second half. We probably needed uh, a lift at that stage, and um, it gave us a cushion which allowed us to to defend and play on the break for the last parts of the second half. Would you be disappointed if make more of the numerical advantage for ten minutes? What, what was the score during that period? I'm not sure. But look, look, lads, I was, today wasn't about champagne football. It wasn't about polished performance. It was about getting, digging in, being better defensively than we were against Mayo. We were cut open against Mayo to an alarming degree. I mean, Mayo had six goal chances. They scored one. I'm not too sure Cork had any clear-cut goal chances today. So that was the first thing we have to correct. And we can work on the other stuff, a bit of fluency and a bit of... Um, you know, a bit more flow up front, uh, but you have to get that that side of the game right first. What was your view on the penalty? Yeah, I don't have a view really, but the only thing I'd say is the rule is there. There's no one better than David Goff for implementing the rules. He's top of his game, and if he thought it was a penalty, it was a penalty. I, w- I wouldn't have been too put out if it was a 21-yard free, but uh, the rule is obviously there. No, it's never been implemented in the game that I've been involved in before. So this is a first for me. But I'm, deli- but I'm delighted with it. <laughs> Do you know, Jack, where the match is next week? Do you know, have you been told where the match is next, or in two weeks' time against the last we are, we are, We are kind of hope, we are kind of uh, hoping to be up around Portage, I think. Because, you know, the logistics, you need to book accommodation. So 
all I know is we have accommodation booked somewhere around Port Leash and we're hoping the game is there. The, the players, uh, Jack, I thought the Kerry players looked quite um, edgy and nervous and anxious in the last 15, 20 minutes. Would you say that was more a legacy of the Mayor performance or would you say it was more a legacy of the Mark Keane episode a couple of years ago? Just your Look, Tony, you have to understand this was a big game for the Kerry players. Eh? Big game, a lot on the line. Um, yeah, I agree with you. We turned over a few, few balls and stuff, took, took, took the balls into contact and stuff. Uh, but after the Mayo performance, I thought that there was huge pressure on all for us to perform today. And it didn't matter how we got over the line. We just needed to get over the line and uh, get that, get, get those, those, those two points. And um, if there was a bit of edginess, I suppose, it's understandable enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Jack, what would the outlook for Brian Begley and Keane's plan be for the cloud game? I couldn't see Keane's plan making it, no. Uh, Brian Begley is back doing a bit of running, but it's a minor enough hamstring strain, but um, he may be he may be in the, the frame, yeah. Was well, an injury, Jack, that, or, that forced Adrian off it? At... Yeah, he got a dead leg, yeah. He was he got a dead leg in the first half, and it, he just seized up at halftime, yeah. You look forward to uh... Sideline Joseph, Mickey Hart, yeah? <laughs> 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 um, I don't know, it's just my, my son, Mickey, I haven't playing at all, it's the, it's the boys that are playing, but um, do you see the long time in the road, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like myself, I suppose, so uh, fair, fair, fair choice to him, he's a, he's a mighty man. Good old wit is ever there from Jack O'Connor on the prospect of coming up against Mickey Hart again on the sideline next week. Uh, Derry, oh, so close. It's finished Meath 123, Derry 121. It was some comeback by the Ulster men to get back within uh, a couple of points, 13 points down. They lost the player to a red card um, in the Christering Cup final. Meath back into the Joe McDonough. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Afterwards, we're going to hear from Kerry Minor, uh, Cork Minor manager Ray O'Mahony on last night's defeat to Kerry. We're going to preview the under-20 All-Ireland hurling final between Cork and Offaly. We're going to hear from Richie Holland on Cork City's win last night and Sarah McKenzie Foley on the Spanish Grand Prix. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. With car parking on the doorstep, swift security queues, and a hop, skip, and jump to your departure gate. Enjoy a hassle-free airport experience at Cork Airport. Cork Airport. Love taking off. The big games at Turner's Cross keep on coming as Cork City welcome both Bohemians and Dundalk to Leaside next week. Bows are the visitors on Bank Holiday Monday at 5pm with Dundalk in town the following Friday at 7.45. Be part of the Rebel Army Revolution and get behind your team as they fight for vital league points. Get your tickets now online at ccfc.ie or at the club shop at Douglas Village Shopping Centre or Blackpool Shopping Centre. Cork City FC, your city, your club. She was part of the Air Force. The 1975 at their very best. See them live at Musgrave Park on June 13th. Tickets for $49.90 on sale now from Ticketmaster.ie. Additional charges may apply, subject to license. Don't miss the 1975 live in Cork this June. Tickets on sale now. Red FM, official music partner to Cork's biggest and best summer gigs. You know the message. 
like a bat signal, but amongst pals. Because the sun's sort of out, and someone just planted a seed in the group chat. Three letters and one question mark. Pub? It's a lovely day for a Guinness. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. What's your inspo? My inspo is Soccer Club. My inspo is art. My inspiration is rap. Unleash your creativity this June 10th with Crinion and Aug. The National Day of Free Creativity for Young People. Go to creativeireland.gov.ie to find out more. Crinion and Aug in partnership with RTE. Deliveroo presents Decision Time. Delicious dishes, amazing offers. How will you choose? Let dreamy noodles slip and slurp into your thoughts. But you hear pizza's cheesy strings playing on your mind. Oh, now you're caught between two buns. You have burgers on the brain. You want everything. But what's it going to be? Check our offers from your favorite local restaurants in our app now. Deliveroo. Food. We get it. Available at selected restaurants. Fees, T's and C's and geographical restrictions apply. Red FM is Cork's More Music Station. And Red FM's More Music Show? Easy. It's More Music. Weekdays from midday with Philip Burke. Four hours of music, fun and you. With Tesco. Enjoy their Mediterranean tapas sharing plates tonight. That's dinner sorted. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. With Sure, 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. You're listening to The Big Red Bench with Sure Advance 72-hour protection. Proud sponsor of the GAA. It's Aidan here with you until 7 o'clock on The Big Red Bench here in Corks Red FM 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch. Uh, all right, we're going to hear from Cork minor football boss Ray O'Mahony after defeat for his side in Tralee last night. 210 to 11 points they lost out to Kerry in the Munster minor football final. Um, just quickly before we get into the chat, I referenced uh, tackle made by Frank Hurley the Cork fullback last night which was way more of a goal scoring opportunity and the referee gave a, a black card which was a second card for Hurley so it was a red card for him but um, like that you know that rule didn't cross his mind so uh, look I'm sure we'll uh, hear a bit more about it and it'll be interesting to see if there's any more given in the uh, games left to play for the rest of the year but uh, you know a strange enough game last night in Tralee Cork were pr- pretty much the better team for the majority of the game but they just couldn't make it count in the scoreboard and two goals in the first half for Kerry uh, one was from Paddy Lane and the other goal came from Dara Hogan uh, they were the difference um, but uh, and, and Sean Coakley to be fair to Kerry I suppose they kind of marked him out of the game a bit made it really hard for him to get involved Timothy Cullinan was really good he scored three points from play Dara Sheedy as well two from play and a free um, but uh, yeah look they faced a really Really tough game now against Dublin in the quarterfinal. I caught up with Ray O'Mahony, the Cork Minder boss, after the game. Look, Ray O'Mahony, commiserations here in Tralee. Um, I suppose it's obviously a disappointing loss here against Kerry in the Munster final. Yeah, look, obviously a lot of disappointment here now, but I think from uh, our own perspective, we'll use this this performance as fuel for our quarterfinal um, next week against Dublin. You know, look, pound for pound, we match Kerry. The bottom line is our scoring efficiencies were lower than, than Kerry's. Like, we were hitting the numbers in, t- in terms of the tackle count at half time. Um, 
second half we had a 10, 12 minute period where we converted one out of six opportunities one hit the crossbar and I think those numbers speak for themselves Yeah I think it's fair to say like you had the better of it in the first half for sure and it's just those two moments then two green flags and of course goals win games Yeah goals win games we were getting them the last two games but I think the killer blow for us probably was the goal just before half time we were, we were, we were in the game nice and controlled and um, that was just a bit of a killer blow we had to climb a mountain I thought we, we the first 10 minutes we were excellent in the second half but just our conversion rate um, in front of goal wasn't where it normally is with ourselves because normally we're very clinical in front of goal like you know and as well then you had a couple of chances in the second half one came off the crossbar good save as well from the Kerry goalie or like so you know you did create the chances I suppose it's just the fall of the ball on some nights isn't it yeah look they're, they're, the games turn on moments and there's three you just said three yourself there like there's the nine point swing there like you know so look we, we're um, yes we are a disappointment like, I have to commend the lads for their, their character and their, their, their desire and to stick it to stuck at the task like but um, look we, we, we use it as fuel as I said We'll, we'll do a recovery session tomorrow we'll go train on Monday and we'll, uh, we'll look forward to another qualifying next week tough test against Dublin yeah look seeing Dublin serious outfit very powerful up front um, big t- strong athletic team but I suppose we'll have to adapt our, uh, our team maybe to, to, to that challenge that, that we face yeah, Ray O'Mahony there after last night's minor football final loss to Kerry. Tomorrow, Cork's under-20s will be looking to make it three All-Ireland titles in four years. The Rebels face Offaly in the final at Semple Stadium. Cork looking to lift the James Nolan Cup for the 14th time ahead of the game. Our man Dylan O'Connell spoke to Cork boss Ben O'Connor. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, the, uh, I suppose look at the start of the year. This is where we wanted to be, but with a few steps to take on the way, and we've got over all of them. So now Sunday week is the, the last hurdle in our in our way. So um, look, it's going to be tough, but you're not going to win any all in the final easy. And uh, you said the boys are in good form, and we just can't wait for it to happen now at this stage. Are you happy with the game you push back the week? Uh, sure, look, it means we have on Downey for definite, but uh, it also means him we have fellas sitting the leaving cert on the wins after playing on the Sunday. So I suppose there was no ideal outcome out of it, like, but it is what it is now at this stage. And uh, all that talks put out of our head with the game Sunday week, and that's all we're focusing on. When you look at Offaly, they're a bit of an unknown quantity considering they haven't, but this is their first Leinster title since the 23 years, I think. Yeah, yeah um, I suppose, and a lot of that is in the back of last year's All Ireland minor final. Uh, look, they weren't lucky to lose that. They were up two points in time there, time nearly up and they ended up being beaten by tips. So I suppose that's the that's what's driving them on. And they've a good few of them fellas brought through. So look, they're on a high at the moment. And uh, you can see that their last uh, week above them, Carla, when they were men sent off, uh, it looked like they actually had an extra man put onto their team with the way they, they fought back after that. So look, they're going to be a tough outfit to, to come against. Like, did you get a chance to look back in the, the Leinster final and one of their forwards put over 112 during the game? Yeah, uh, I was above it. Um, uh, yeah, very impressive. And uh, kind of shoot on side job and yeah. everything, everything went over the bar. Uh, so, uh, look, they have good players, we have good players. It's just down whoever gets the most out of their squad in the day. And that's what will be the difference. Like, I suppose you've had success in Middleton, you've had success with Charleville. Do you have any pre match rituals or anything you do in the days leading up to a final? No, not really. Like, when, we were, when we were playing, obviously there was things that you do all right, but when you're standing on the sideline. You can't really do much once the boys go in onto the field, that's it. It's up to them then after that. You can do a bit of roaring shouting at them and uh, try and make a few changes, but look, the control inside their hands and if they're not doing it inside, you can't really do much about it. And if they're flying it inside, it isn't because of you either. It's just, it's just the boys uh, getting most out of themselves. What's your experience of inter-county management compared to club management? Yeah, I suppose there's a... Uh, 
like obviously you're dealing with a special class of player because you have the, the cream of the crop as a as a disabled troop and uh, it's just a lot more organising and things going on um, there's a lot going on in the background that has to be looked after you're trying to manage colleges schools and you're trying to make sure fellas aren't getting burned out as well but um, look we have a great bunch there with us with Ronan, Anthony, Ter and Jor uh, and they're all great head, like every fella does their bit and uh, uh, we're just enjoying it at the moment but that's very easy when you're winning like You have players like Ben O'Connor in your squad and you have Ben Coningham as well who was with the, the Bars last year when they won the Senior Championship that must be great for yourselves though having players who have experience winning titles at senior level like that Ah, oh, of course yeah uh, and it's, it's a big step up like and you see when the pressure has come on this year like Ben has come up with big scores for us like uh, Ben has been and the other Ben has been in for the last two games now as well like so he's a big addition there on the back line so uh, we have big game players and um, you're just hoping that uh, they'll perform again I guess 25 years well, since you won an under 21 All-Ireland uh, what are your own memories of that? I don't have much, I can't remember much about it now but it's just frightening to think it's 25 years ago because like all these fellas weren't born that time yeah. you know, so it is, it is crazy like uh, you've never I'd never have taught it on it Fintan said it to me there earlier on like so um, ah look it's, uh, it is what it is now at this stage and look myself and the boys we're finished playing we can't do any more but this is the, the next uh, the best that we can get to being the sideline it's so a one last question for yourself I suppose, how important was that for you in terms of your own personal development as a hurler because considering what you went on to achieve yeah I suppose look we were lucky that time uh, with that Cork team it was eight or nine of them went on to play senior for a good three years for Cork after like you don't usually get that many out of an underage team like so we were lucky enough that time and we did a good bunch and uh, we went down to win a couple of ball learns after so I suppose that was a springboard to success for that team Cork under-20 hurling boss Ben O'Connor there in conversation with Dylan O'Connell. Dylan also spoke to Cork captain Michael Mullins of Whitechurch. Uh, well, under-20 All-Ireland final. Uh, so it's just how are you feeling, uh, captain Cork into an All-Ireland final? Not many people can say they, they hold that honour. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's a great honour for me, for my club and for my family and friends. Um, to be in an All-Ireland final, you know, never mind uh, captain him, but... Uh, yeah, you know, look, it's it's exciting, exciting uh, f- few days and uh, a few weeks coming up, and you know, I'm just looking forward to it. And um, I think every fellow on the panel is looking forward to getting out there on, on the fourth and uh, doing what we do best and you know, enjoying it. Are you happy with the game you push back the week for the extra week's rest? Um, yeah, look, whatever day, whatever day we got, uh, we didn't really mind. We just kept our heads down training, and uh, after that, whatever day we got, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, we're not going to complain or we're not going to be too bothered about it um, but yeah look it's, it's the fourth and you know, we've won Downey back and uh, he's obviously going to be looking forward to it and uh, over missing out on the last day and over that over that rule like um, so um, yeah look at you know, the date session we know what I have to do on the day and when it, when it, when it comes we're going to turn up I suppose considering this off the team have never won this All-Ireland and they won the first under 20 and it was a 22 years or 23 years there's definitely an unknown factor with them uh, yeah look you know, after you're, you know, every, every team that gets to an All-Ireland final are going to be good uh, no matter what county they're from and um, we're not going to take that from them getting to an All-Ireland final but uh, you know, they're obviously a good side but look, we're going to concentrate on ourselves and focus on what we do best and um, just enjoy it because like, you know, we, we, we can trust each other and um, we backed it up every game so far and you know, we're not going to change anything we're just going to look, look at ourselves and focus on ourselves for, for the All-Ireland final um, and that's just the way we're going to play it Did you watch the, Leinster, the Leinster final or watch it back? Uh, yeah look I, you know, I watched it with a few of the lads but um, I wouldn't be too, too interested in it you know. uh, it is what it is um, I wouldn't be too worried and you know, obviously both good teams in the Leinster final and hopefully got the good win at the end but look um, 
as I said, we're going to focus on ourselves and we're not too worried about anyone. You know, when, when we play to our best and um, when we do what we do best, and, you know, when we enjoy our hurling, and um, you know, I think uh, we're just going to do the job and you know, um, I think every fella's looking forward to it. Like I know we said the inside with the, the other media, the other members of the media, but like it's fantastic for someone like yourself coming from a junior club and actually captain in Cork. It is an inspiration for everyone from like small parish clubs. Oh yeah, look, you know, it's, uh, it was a shock to start the year for me and um, it's obviously a great privilege and honour t- to Captain Cork and no matter what age it is and, um, to do it under 20 and have a great group, group of lads and behind me and, you know, the fellas I'm playing with it all, all the way up um, that I can trust and, you know, that would back me as well um, with a great bond between everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously uh, a great honour and my club is uh, delighted about it and, uh, it just yeah, it just shows like that you don't have to be playing with big senior clubs to uh, to be doing to be doing well and you know, to be doing okay. So um, I just try to keep my head down and you know, work as hard as I can and uh, just drive for the and you know, hopefully it just inspires a few like young lads in the club or other uh, junior clubs that it can be done. Even we take any advice off your dad? Uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I I do to be fair. Um, he kind of give me, you know, I'd, I always have a chat with him after games and trainings and stuff like that. And I just ask him how how did he think I do and how do you think I done um, and just anything I can do better. And you know, he's obviously been there for me since I've grown up. And no matter what choice I picked and no matter what choice I made, uh, he was always there behind me 100. percent And um, he's just delighted, you know, that you know, that I get the chance to go out and do it and um, represent my club and represent the county and, um, at a high standard. You can't bait an old console going off in the background there where you're trying to interview somebody. <laughs> Great stuff there from uh, uh, Michael Mullins of Whitechurch speaking to Dylan O'Connell, the Cork Under-20 captain. They face Offaly tomorrow on last week's show. I spoke to Cork Under-20 selector and Rebels legend Anthony Nash and uh, asked him about the game and the importance of getting as many red jerseys in the stands at Simple Stadium as possible. Yeah, and obviously for, for the under-20s, final versus Offaly Sunday week, all going well? Yeah, look, do you know what? It's 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 brilliant because um, there's a super bunch of lads um, and just the fact that I'm on here here and have the opportunity to say it, like, I think every Cork supporter has seen the, the fairy tale story from, from Offaly and saw that the Leinster final was packed out and the one thing I'd implore people is not for us in the sideline, but for those young fellas, just if they can, I understand that it's expense and it's especially those going to Limerick this weekend, but if they can come and support us on, on Sunday week in Turles because you can be guaranteed that the buses will be coming down from Offaly. Um, and it's not even, as I said, for Ben, myself, Rowan and Jorah Terence in the sideline, it's for those super bunch of 20s that have given you know the county great, great success there over the last few weeks. So, um, things are going great and I just hope that the boys get the support that they, and I'm sure they will because the Cork support always travel the numbers, but um, yeah, things are going okay. I'm delighted that we've got the Owen Downey situation sorted. Everyone has spoken about the rule, you know, and, and the only loser in that scenario was Owen, the poor young fellow, like, you know. Um, so he deserves to get a day out in and just look between here and then. Strike a bit of form in training, keep it going. There's super bunch to train, um, which is which is brilliant. And uh, and stay injury-free. And look, do you know what? They'll give it a go. The one thing I think the Cork supporters have seen is that we've been down in six points and, you know, even the last game, and they've never, you know, thrown in the towel. And uh, I think that's a fantastic, a fantastic sign of young fellas. It's not the management team, it's the players themselves. So we're, um, we're thrilled to, to be able to work with them. It's an honour for us and just hope that we can get the last foot over the line. 
Yeah, we'll have all the reaction to that game on tomorrow's show on the Big Red Bench. Dennis Hurley is going to be there. Uh, so we'll hear from all the reaction on what is hopefully another uh, Cork victory in the under-20 All-Ireland hurling final against Offaly. And we're also going to speak to Shawnee McGrath as well afterwards. Right, well, I was going to bring you Richie Holland, but I'll tell you what, I'll save it for tomorrow evening because we are going to run out of time. Uh, so Richie Holland, Cork City coach, We'll hear from him tomorrow evening. Obviously, it's a big weekend for Cork City. Big win last night against Strahada United away. 1-0 win for them. And then uh, Monday night, it is or Monday evening, shall we say, it's Bohemians coming to Turner's Cross. So we'll hear from Richie Holland on tomorrow night's show ahead of that one. All right, uh, let's finish off with a bit of Formula One chat. I spoke to Sarah McKenzie Foley, the resident F1 expert on the Women in Sport podcast with Jeremy McCarthy. You can get that every Thursday at noon on wherever you get your podcasts or redfm.ie. Go to the Big Red Bench podcast section. Uh, but yeah, it's the Spanish Grand Prix this weekend. Qualifying was earlier on today ahead of the race tomorrow. All right, Sarah Mackenzie Foley is on the line now to look back at a fairly eventful qualifying session ahead of tomorrow's Spanish Grand Prix. Sarah, that was uh, interesting, as you've just said there before we started recording. Yeah, I think we weren't really expecting a whole lot, to be honest, but there was a, a massive amount of track evolution, partially because the track started a little bit damp and then obviously dried up and started to rubber in quite a bit. So um, I think as well, in fairness to some of the drivers, definitely some unexpected names a lot higher up than we would have thought which is something that we always like to see Absolutely yeah I suppose just to start on that then um, obviously a few slipping and sliding in in Q1 and obviously uh, slipping and sliding and out of Q1 was uh, Charles Leclerc I suppose Um, just down I I imagine to the conditions but it's it's a massive blow for him yeah, he he said pretty quickly afterwards that the car actually felt undrivable through some of the corners. So I think he believes that there's some sort of deeper issue at play there. So I think it'll be probably quite a long night for the Ferrari engineers trying to unpack what might be going on there. I think it's going to be really, really tough for him starting that far back tomorrow to kind of make an impact. But I suppose the the positive on the other side for Ferrari is, is at least they have Carlos Sainz up there uh, towards the top of the grid. Yeah, in a way, it's almost <laughs> it makes it even more disappointing because uh, they're 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 going to lose out in a lot of points, particularly with science mm-hmm. being so competitive. If if Leclerc was able to to drag it a bit higher up the higher up the starting grid, they could have been in for a nice haul of points. Yeah, I mean it's similar to you know what we've seen with Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso all year. You know, you've got Fernando obviously with all these podiums and, and scoring all these points and meanwhile Lando was really struggling but to be fair he has actually qualified Fernando for the first time today so I think definitely it just goes to show like you said the the sort of gap that you really can lose out on when you don't have both of your drivers performing to the actual level of the car. Yeah and another big gap in qualifying between two teammates is uh, Verstappen the championship leader and Perez, who is P11, mm. fairly disappointing for Perez after having we had a conversation, was it last month, about how he could have been in the mix to, to take uh, the title off of Verstappen? Yeah, he really, really seemed to struggle. You know, he, I think he didn't have the greatest of practices. And then in FP3, he seemed to kind of find a bit of an improvement, but it was very wet. So he just really struggled. He was as you said earlier, slipping and sliding, he was one of the drivers that struggled with that early. And, you know, he came out 
and had his one shot essentially on a set of brand new tires and kind of immediately cooked them, which it's it's not like him to make that kind of mistake. So I will be interested to see how he performs in the race tomorrow because I wonder whether he is feeling that kind of pressure of putting it up to max and whether that kind of got to him a little bit potentially today. Yeah, qualifying was never his strong suit, I suppose, but he does have the car capable to, to get back to P2, doesn't he? At least, anyway. You, you can see him catching Verstappen, like, but um, definitely has mm. the ability to finish P2. Yeah, I think he has a good chance of climbing back up. I think, you know, P11 isn't, isn't that far, especially when you look at it could be anything up to a three-stop strategy tomorrow, depending on the tyre wear. So we could potentially see an awful lot of different tyre strategies happening during the, the race, which is probably going, going to juggle the standings quite a bit. So, yeah, I definitely think there's still an opportunity for him tomorrow to uh, to get on the podium. What would you say was the uh, biggest surprise from the qualifying session today? I think it really has to be the McLarens and also probably Nico Hulkenberg in the house. I think, you know, he did really, really well to get through to Q3 in the first place and... I was just so impressed. He was definitely squeezing the very last out of that car because you don't expect it to be up there for sure. And then I think just Lando Norris and P3, I mean, they've had an absolutely dreadful season and they've obviously brought some upgrades, but I think my they were the biggest surprise. I think my concern probably is maybe they were set up specifically for a qualifying and it might be quite difficult for them then to find the right race pace set up, but... I'll be optimistic and say that uh, I hope it's it's the start of a turnaround for them because they also had Oscar Piastri up there right behind Max Verstappen in, in one of the earlier qualifying sessions. So I think it, it was a really positive day for them. Can you see any one of maybe Norris, Gasly, hopefully doesn't get a, a penalty or anything like that to drop him down the rankings, mm-hmm. as you were saying there, um, and maybe Stroll as well or Ocon, any of them possibly sneaking a surprise podium tomorrow? I think keep definitely keep an eye on Esteban Ocon. He did really well in Monaco and I think he's kind of quietly been putting in these consistent performances. You know, you could see from both himself and Gasly where they've ended up in qualifying. I think the car definitely has the ability to, to be up there. So I think keep an eye out for him because he can also really get his elbows out when he needs to. So I think that... Uh, I think that we should, if we get, like I said, a lot of split strategies and things like that in the race tomorrow, it could actually turn out to be really interesting. Uh, just to finish up on then, Mercedes, Russell is uh, P12, Hamilton P5, which probably isn't even that bad, to be fair, for, for Lewis Hamilton. But Russell, mm-hmm. look, I suppose there's there's a lot of drivers that have finished lower than what they should be with, with the way the session went. Um, but mm. yeah I mean look I suppose constructors and drivers is probably close to being over at this stage anyway but uh, results like that doesn't help them yeah and I, there was a very awkward moment as well between Russell and Hamilton where Hamilton in Q2 tried to go around George Russell but he doesn't seem to have known that Lewis was behind him and it actually the incident resulted in a fair bit of damage to, to Lewis's front wing so I think just, as he said, not the greatest day for George Russell. But again, he kind of always, he always manages to, to pull something out in the actual race itself. So I think definitely watch out for the for the Mercedes as well. They struggled early on this weekend, but I think they've started to, to show a lot more pace over definitely the course of today. Excellent stuff. Well, hopefully maybe conditions might give us a bit more excitement as well. As you were saying, it could be... Uh, could be three stops there too so that would make things a, a lot more interesting so uh, 
yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on tomorrow in Barcelona. Sarah McKenzie Foley, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Absolutely. Yeah, Sarah McKenzie Foley there on the Spanish Grand Prix. Celtic lead Inverness 2-0 in the Scottish Cup final. They're looking to do a domestic treble and they're well on course for it. 70 minutes gone there. Uh, elsewhere, Dublin have their first win of this year's Ireland Football Championship. They beat Kildare 22 points to 13 at Nolan Park. Last year's finalist Galway earned a 20 points to 12 win over Westmeath and Mullingar. And the All-Ulster Fair has just thrown in an Oma in Oma as Tyrone face Arma. Uh, right, uh, Meath, as we mentioned earlier, won the Christy Ring Cup. All right, that is it for this evening. On tomorrow's show, we'll have reaction to the Under-20 All-Ireland Hurling Final, uh, plus a lot more as well. And, of course, we'll have that chat with Cork City's Richie Holland on tomorrow evening's show. All right, thanks a million for joining us this evening. Uh, as I said, tomorrow evening from 6pm, hopefully it's a Cork win in Thurless in the under-20 All-Ireland hurling final against Offaly. Stevie G is on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.